Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. We interrupt this program with a very important question. Why is Jeremiah chapter 12 in the news? Very important question. I'm sorry to interrupt the program you were ready to listen to. I'm sorry to interrupt this, but we interrupt this program to figure out why Jeremiah chapter 12 is in the news. That is what we're going to be talking about. So welcome, everyone. It is Monday, June the 26th. 2023. It is currently 1023 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where I'm trying to figure out why Jeremiah chapter 12 is in the news. Do you, do you have an answer? Do you know why Jeremiah chapter 12 is in, is in the news? Because if you can understand it, then great. I, I'm a little perplexed, But we will talk about that in just a minute. Now, obviously, you know that this is the summer of Jeremiah, right? This entire summer, we're dedicating to studying the book of Jeremiah. We have made it all the way up to chapter seven, not really going verse by verse, but I think, I think we're doing a pretty in-depth study. We're trying to finish it, you know, the entire book of Jeremiah and Lamentations by the end of August. So we, in some ways, we are way, 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 way behind, meaning we probably won't accomplish our goal. But I think the real goal is to try to understand the book of Jeremiah to the best of our ability. So I hope you've been participating in the Bible study exercise doing the assignments, doing the work, and hopefully you've been reading the book of Jeremiah and you're you're starting to see the benefits that, that come from it. And hopefully it's being uh, helpful spiritually in your own life. But we've been working and there have been things that have gotten in the way that's kind of made us behind because technically last night we should have covered Jeremiah chapter seven. We did not really get, we did, obviously that didn't happen. So yes, I'm very aware that we're behind. What I'm trying to do is say, you know what? We may be behind, but that's okay. We're just going to, we're going to do what we can and, and we'll, we'll figure it out once we get to the end of August and we'll see where we are then. I can't worry about it now, right? We, I definitely understand. I'm going to have to make some hard decisions on, well, you know, do we cover this? Do we skip this? Do we cover this? Do we, and I, and and it's going to be, it's going to be very difficult, but I'll do the best I can to get us as far as I can so that we can bring this study to some kind of satisfying, dramatic conclusion whenever we get to the finish. I'll tell you when we get to the finish line, right? You're going to say, it's August is over. I know, but we'll, we'll see when we get there. That's all I can do. In the meantime, instead of trying to figure out how we're going to accomplish that, let's do what we can each and every day. So for the next two weeks... We have a lot to do in the book of Jeremiah. The next two weeks are going to be very interesting, and we're going to have to do some things a little differently. I'll be explaining as we move forward. We got some homework assignments coming up soon, so you be st- you stay tuned for all of that. By 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 the end of this week, you'll have a great idea and a great plan for what to do next week. Uh, but we'll talk about all of that coming up. In the meantime, the real issue today is. Why is Jeremiah chapter 12 in the news? So I know we're supposed to be in chapter 7. I know. But today I need you to jump over to Jeremiah chapter 12. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to read Jeremiah chapter 12 today. Even if you've already read it, read it again. It's only 17 verses. 
I want you to read Jeremiah chapter 12 at least two times today. Just just really just read it and try to understand exactly what is being said, because here's a good example of, well, a passage being used in the news, and then you can see, well, it, was it being used correctly? Was it, I, I really want you to figure it. I'm not going to try to offer too many thoughts here, but I'm going to give you where this shows up in the news. And then I want you to go, well, you know, they did offer some background. Yeah, I think that's a correct use of Jeremiah chapter 12. Or no, that's a complete misuse of Jeremiah chapter 12. Now, for those of you who've been reading the book, you have a far better grasp now of of the historical context, the text, and everything that should help you be able to pull this off and figure this out. But we're we're going to we're going to just investigate a little bit why Jeremiah chapter 12 is in the news, and you can determine if it's being used properly or not. Here's what happened. Last night, as I have already mentioned, where I was supposed to be at church working on Jeremiah chapter 7. Things did not quite work out as planned. So I was obviously getting a little frustrated because I'm like, man, we need to be working on Jeremiah chapter seven. Everything went so wrong. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? Trying to figure out, you know, how to salvage the situation. And obviously I I wasn't able to accomplish anything. So as I was sitting there kind of just more frustrated, I just started going through news articles, right? I'm just going through news articles and all of a sudden I see this headline. Alabama pastor says caring about the world means letting God use you as we march forward. That's kind of a generic, vague headline, right? Alabama pastor says caring about the world means letting God use us as we march forward. I'm like, what is, what is this? T- Why is this in the news? Hey, it's Fox News via uh, Yahoo News. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is this in the news? I mean, just listen to that headline. It seems kind of like that's news. Alabama, Alabama pastor says caring about the world means letting God use us as we march forward. So the way you care about the world is you let God use you as you march forward. And I'm like, what, what is, how is this in the news? Like, like I, was the news listening to the sermon? Like the whole thing just seems odd to me. So then I, I, I look underneath the headline and then there's a video. I'm like, wait a minute. The video is Fox, on Fox news and they're interviewing the, the director Dallas Jenkins about the chosen. And I'm like, okay. Well, what has that got to do with the Alabama pastor saying caring about the world means letting God use us as we march forward? And I'm like, okay, I I, I didn't see the correlation. I think I watched most of the interview. He didn't seem to be saying anything like that. He seemed to be more talking about the chosen. Um, uh, it seems to be talking about the chosen and how the importance of religion is and culture. And I'm like, well, what has that got to do with this headline? I'm still, I'm still baffled. So I scroll past the video. All right. Then it says Sunday, June the 25th at 6 a.m. in the morning, three minute read. And then it says in this article, Jeremiah, biblical prophet. I'm like, wait, what? Now, wait, we go from an Alabama pastor saying the way I care about the world is letting God use me as I march forward. I don't even know what that means. Then I got a video of Dallas Jenkins talking about the importance of religion and the chosen TV show. I'm like, okay, 
Then I have in this article, Jeremiah, biblical prophet. And I'm like, okay, I am, I am so perplexed on who put this article together. So I scroll past that. Very first thing I see in the article are these words. Are you ready? The very first thing I see in this, in this article are these words. Many shepherds will ruin my vineyard and trample down my field. They will turn my pleasant field into a desolate wasteland. It will be made a wasteland, parched and desolate before me. The whole land will be laid waste because there is no one who cares. Now, if you, that's the way they have it translated. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 11, and the King James is this, all right? Um, Jeremiah chapter 12, they have, let me go back to the article here, verses 10 through 11. I'm going to read 10 through 11 in the King James. It reads this way. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion uh, a desolate wilderness. They have made it desolate and being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man layeth it to heart. No man layeth it to heart. They have because no one who cares. There's no one who cares. All right, so I'm going to go back. The way I care about the world is to let God use me as we march forward. Then they quote Jeremiah 12, 10 to 11. Obviously the phrase they're, grass, they're grabbing for because there is no one who cares. So the reason the land was laid waste is because no one who cares. And the way I care about the world is letting God use me as I move forward. And I'm like, wait, are they really trying to draw the correlation here? Like, okay, All right, I've got to read this article. So now they, they, now they had me. So now, now I was hooked. And I'm like, okay, I've got, I got to figure out what's going on here. All right. So then they start the, after the scripture, then they say this. And I quote, again, this is from Fox News via Yahoo News. Uh, this was published yesterday at 6 a.m. Here we go. This dramatic Bible verse, I would say this dramatic Bible passage because they quote two verses, but that's okay. This dramatic Bible verse comes from the book of Jeremiah, the longest book of the Bible. Known as the weeping prophet for the content of his writing, Jeremiah is believed to have died in 570 BC, notes the website Bible Study Tools. Now, I do like the fact that it's Fox News, and they're at least offering some historical context, okay? That, that's better than some pastors do. Okay, all right. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. All right, here we go. Born into a priestly family in the town of Anathoth, located near Jerusalem, Right, all right, that's that's good. Jeremiah was called as a prophet in the thirteenth year of the reign of King Josiah. Said Bible study tools. All right, so obviously whoever wrote this article went to the website Bible study tools. Looked like they looked up like a basic overview of the book of Jeremiah, and they took certain things from that to write their news article. Okay, that's perfectly fine. They're stating the source. He prophesied for about forty years. Said the site. Once again, they're quoting from Bible study tools. Jeremiah witnessed both in foresight and in real time the destruction of his people according to the same site, right? So they just grabbed these quotes from Bible study tools. Okay, it's just, again, this the whole article is just fascinating here, all right? Then the next, upon, they have in quotes, upon Judah's captivity, 
He penned the Book of Lamentations, a highly poetic and devastatingly beautiful series of laments about the fall of God's people. This verse, now it says this verse, Jeremiah, when they keep saying this verse, obviously all they care about is Jeremiah 12, 11. They don't seem too worried about verse 10. So this verse, they have to be referring to verse 11, is a reminder that complacency and laziness are not modern concepts. Laziness and complacency. Laziness and complacency. I'm going to reach down and grab a different Bible. All right, I'm going to grab a different Bible, a completely different translation. All right, I'm still trying to just follow this. You may be, you may be, you may be as baffled as I am. I'm still baffled by like what is going on here. Okay. Jeremiah 12, 10 through 11. I'm going to read it from this translation. Here we go. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They have trampled my plot of land. They have turned my desirable plot into a desolate wasteland. They have made it a desolation. It mourns, it mourns, desolate before me. All the land is desolate, but no one takes it to heart. No one takes it to heart. No one cares. No, what what is no one taking to heart? What what does it mean that no one cares? What is what is Jeremiah really trying to say here in Jeremiah 12, 10 through 11? Somehow this has turned into now uh, a discussion about complacency and laziness. Robinson is a pastor of Oak Grove Baptist Church in Repton, Alabama. Now they're going to quote from him. Complacency and laziness are rampant in our society, said Robinson. They can be traced back to the fall of humanity when Eve and Adam chose to have a complacent attitude towards the commands which God had given to them. The concept of not caring appears throughout the Bible, said Robinson. And it's not always uh, the obviously bad people who don't care. He said, those who are in the household of faith struggle with the same sin of complacency and indifference. Quite ironically, it is God's people who have received his provision of grace, who oftentimes choose to adopt the attitude of indifference, he said. They step back and watch while the whole world wastes away. Jeremiah was not one of those people, noted Robinson. He doesn't understand why the wicked of the land seem to prosper while God's people suffer, he said. God graciously provided for them and forgave them time after time, yet they rebelled against him. One of the main points of this rebellion was the spiritual indifference the people displayed towards God. They simply did not care, said Robinson. He added, for the moment, the wicked seem to prosper and Jeremiah doesn't prosper. He is God's appointed prophet. Despite being God's prophet, Jeremiah is hurting because he is suffering as the wicked prosper. And he is hurting because God tells him that there will be more pain to come because the people whom he has chosen to love so deeply have chosen not to care. The verse serves as a lesson for both humanity as a whole and for those who are blessed by God to be in his sacred household of faith. Choosing to care 
is far more than having an emotional affection for a cause, he said. Robinson goes on to say, in its purest form, choosing to care is about asking God to enable us to see the world through his eyes. Choosing to care about under, uh, choosing to care is about understanding that if we are Christians, we are the hands and feet, uh, hands and feet of Jesus. And if caring cost him his very life, then we should be willing to pay any price as we march forward to convey to the world that we care about the Lord and his gospel of grace. And that's the article. There are currently 1,027 comments underneath this article. 1,027 comments under this article. I'm still a little bit perplexed of exactly what is going on here. The very, I'll just read the very first comment that was posted 13 hours ago. The very first one is this. The root lesson here is missed in the article. The point of the scripture is that people need to do the right thing, care even when they're not rewarded for it in terms of wealth and material items, or even recognition from those around them. One of the hardest things weak human beings are, uh, weak human beings are confronted with is following through on the absolute right, moral, helpful, unselfish thing to do when they know nobody is aware of it. Doing the right thing when nobody is looking, in other words. Truly, authentically caring with regard for nothing else other than caring. Most of all, the cynicism and criticism here comes from a place where the point is being completely misunderstood. I don't even know what that's talking about. Am I misreading the verse, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Okay, what is, I don't understand any of this. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 12. First, I want you to read those two verses in some kind of context, right? I want you to read them in some kind of context. I'm going to look here. I think my study Bible just literally skips them. Yeah, my study Bible doesn't even mention these two verses. I want you to read the whole chapter. And then I want you to look at the two verses in context carefully. All right. So Jeremiah chapter 12, I'm going to give you a couple of questions here to work on this afternoon. And I would love for you to email me your answers. And maybe we'll talk about this later. But I am perplexed here. So here's my first question. Forget Fox News. Forget, I don't know what that pastor is talking about. I definitely don't know what the people in the comment section are talking about. The whole thing is baffling to me. All right. It's so weird. And why, why, like, someone went to Bible study tools, cut and paste a couple of over comments from an overview in the book of Jeremiah. Then I don't know how they found this pastor. And then they had a pastor give them a couple of comments about Jeremiah 12, verse 11, mainly saying, well, hey, it says no one cares. We're going to talk about caring. We need to be more caring people. Is, is, that, is that what's going on in Jeremiah 12, 10 through 11? So I'm going to give you this to focus on. Here we go. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 10. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. Okay. Who are the pastors that are being referenced there? Who are the pastors being referenced there? I need you to identify them. Now, the King James says pastors. 
Many, uh, another translation, Jeremiah 12, 10, many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. Who are the shepherds? Who are the pastors? Now you got to be careful because you may immediately go, oh, those are the false prophets. Are these the false prophets? Or is Babylon being described here as pastors or shepherds? Because didn't we see a little bit of that language What in Jeremiah 5 or 6? We, we talked about it on Sunday. Did we not see kind of similar language? And clearly that was referring to the Babylonians. So who are the pastors? Who are the shepherds? And why is it using that terminology? That's the first thing we have to identify. Who are these people coming in who, according to this, they're destroying the vineyard. They've trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it desolate and being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate. So clearly, I, I mean, we, I, I think we can clearly I'd probably identify this is somehow being used descriptive words or figurative language to describe the Babylonians, right? Don't, don't we agree that that's what this has to be referring to? At least that's my initial thoughts. We, we, I could be wrong. But you can, I want you to figure that out, right? The rest of it, you don't really need to do much with, right? Um, I mean, uh, is my portion, they've trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They've made it desolate. Being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man layeth it to heart. Now, it's that last phrase that we have to figure out. So, who are the portion? Uh, who are the portions? Who are the pastors? Who are the shepherds? Who are the pastors? Who are the shepherds? Who are the pastors? Who are the shepherds? Why, why is that language being used? That's the first thing I want you to figure out. And what does it mean at the very end? No man layeth it to heart. No man layeth it to heart. Or, as this translation says, Jeremiah twelve verse eleven. But no one takes it to heart. No one takes it to heart. Now, is this where you preach a sermon about we need to be caring people? We need to care when we see the world. This is, this is a message to all of humanity to be more caring people. Is this about caring or is this about that over and over and over, Judah and Israel, whenever these horrible judgments would come, they didn't take them to heart. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't care about what these things should have been demonstrating to them. They should have been realizing, wait a minute, God is upset with us. God is not happy with us, but they never saw it that way. They didn't take it to heart. Is that how we should understand it? Now, if I go look up some, if I just look up a couple of, hang on, let me get here, let me go back here. I'm just going to look up a couple of commentaries here just to see what happens. Jeremiah 12, I'm going to go verse 11. Jeremiah 12, 11. Okay, the NIV, no one who cares. Uh, New Living Translation, the whole land is desolate, no one even cares. ESV, but no man lays it to heart. Berean Study Bible, no man takes it to heart. All right, so we got kind of a basic idea here. Now, what? Um, 
Okay, because no man layeth it to heart. This commentary says the neglect of the past was bearing uh, fruit and the misery of the present. Uh, now, this one says inconsiderate. Basically, they were inconsiderate and that this was an aggravation of the moral sickness. This one kind of goes with the way the article was. Um, I don't know where they're getting that. Um Yeah, see now here, this seems to be this seems to be a little bit more along the lines I was thinking. Layeth it to heart, rather laid it to heart. The desolate land must put up its silent cry to God because the people had refused to see the signs of the coming retribution. All right, because no man layeth it to heart, because none by repentance and prayer seeks to uh, do anything to, to basically stop God's wrath. No one lays it to heart. In other words, and they said this is like Jeremiah 5.3. They said, someone says it's like Jeremiah 5.3. Let me go back to it. Jeremiah 5.3. Uh, Lord, don't your eyes look for faithfulness. You have struck them, but they felt no pain. You finished them off, but they refused to accept discipline. They made their faces harder than rock and they refused to return. So, so this commentary said, no, this is just them. They don't care. They're not, they're not listening to the judgment. They're not listening to the discipline. They just don't care. They're not taking it to heart. This is not about not caring. Uh, they, they don't care about the message they should be receiving about this. This is not, hey, guys, do you see the condition of your world? Do you not care? Now, you could say, do you see? And and, and you got to be very careful because in this case, we know clearly what's happening to them is judgment. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean it's always judgment, right? Bad things happen to Job. It wasn't judgment. So you always got to be careful not to jump to any like, oh, that we know in this case, these things were to wake them up. So I, I uh, yeah, I don't know what in the world this article is trying to do. Um, let's see, that, that one skips it. It says, because no man layeth it to heart, took any notice of the judgment threatened foretold by the prophets, nor repented of their sins, for which they were threatened with such a desolation, nor even where were properly affected with the destruction itself. The earth seemed more sensible of it than they were. The expression, the great, stu- uh, the great stupidity of the people. In other words, the whole, if you look at the, I think there's a contrast being made here. Look at it. Um, they have made, okay, they have turned the desirable plot into a desolate wasteland. Right now, look at verse 11 from this translation. They made it a desolation. It mourns desolate before me. In other words, it's like the whole land is mourning. The whole land, that's like the, it's drawing this kind of figurative language. Like the land knows it's suffering. The land is mourning. The land is crying out. But the people, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're. We don't, we're not taking it to heart. They're not mourning. They don't care. They don't see God's judgment in it. Is it, is it more about, because if you just read, if, if, I guess if you just rip the verse out of its context, you can turn it into, this is a verse about laziness and not caring. So ladies and gentlemen, you need to stop being so lazy and you need to care more. No, or this specifically 
You need to hear God's word. Now, you could, I guess, if you wanted to draw application, wouldn't the application be they did not take it to heart, meaning they did not take God? Because remember, sometimes in Jeremiah, when it's talking about the desolation and the destruction, that is something that's not yet arrived. It's coming in the future. So is it that the people, is this either one, the people are not taking to heart the words of Jeremiah telling them the judgment is coming? Or number two, is this saying that once the judgment comes, the people still are not going to take it to heart, meaning why they have to be in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. So I don't know what that news article was doing. The comments underneath it are insane. Like I... You almost want to jump into the comments and go, hey, guys, could some of you possibly just like, I don't know, stop? Uh, This person says, we teach our family to care for others and we're not religious. We do it because it's the right thing, right? Like everyone's just taking this article like it's about caring for people. And I don't know where, I don't know how anyone got there. Uh Yeah, I would say all of these comments are just insane. And then someone says, because now there's all these disagreements and back and forth, nobody even trying to copy it. And then look, someone says, oh, look, people arguing over the words in that ridiculous book. Imagine that. And you can understand, like, you know, when the world sees Christians arguing on social media about how to interpret a scripture, like, it's just like... None of the art, none of the arguments have anything to do with actually how to interpret Jeremiah chapter 12. I, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever witnessed as, well, I, I mean, maybe that's a over, maybe that's hyperbole. It's just bizarre. The article is bizarre and the comments under it, it's like, nobody's like, Hey guys, 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 could you go read maybe the first of the 11 chapters that precede chapter 12, then understand the words of chapter 12 in some context and maybe the first thing we need to try to figure out are who are the pastors and the shepherds who are bringing the desolation, right? That who are destroying the vineyard, right? So we we could we could do it this way. Who are the pastors? Well, we need to answer that. Who are the pastors and shepherds? The vineyard, I don't think we need to work on that. We know that that's referring to Judah, referring to Israel. That that's a phrase used uh, frequently. Um and then when it says no man layeth it to heart, exactly what that is referring to. So I just want you to work on that today. It shouldn't take you very long. Who are the pastors? Who are who are the pastors? Who are the shepherds? And what does it mean that no man layeth it to heart? And does this then lead to an application of, ladies and gentlemen, we need to be more caring. We need to have more compassion. We need to show more love. I don't think that has anything to do. This is like, hey, you may want to take to heart God's words. <laughs> this would be more of when you hear the word of God, do we take it to heart? Yeah, the comments here are like, they're... Yeah, and then a lot of people are just going off because, you know, it's scripture and it's not real. Um, This person goes off on that. I do not trust any pastor. They're some of the most untrusted people. They're out to make money. Yeah, I I miss that. We're out to make money. Man, I 
Why? Why? I don't understand. I, I, yeah, that, I, what, I, you know what? Since everyone thinks as a pastor, I'm already out to make money, I guess I should just monetize my podcast and start starting every podcast and ending every podcast with a plea for money. And maybe I should put my, more of my content behind a paywall because we're all in it for money. Oh, maybe I should start taking an actual salary from my church. Other, yeah, more, more so than just my house payment. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, I don't know what any of these articles have to say. The first scripture posted in article sounds to me like it's talking about the planet. So maybe we need to pay attention to global warming and pollution. What are you talking about? Like, what? I, I don't even know what any of this has to say. When people realize that these stories in the Bible are metaphors, not real events, these are the words of other people that were put in the Bible over the centuries. The story of Adam and Eve is not real, and there, were, and there was no talking snake. Adam is symbolic for red sand, and Eve is symbolic for, uh, is, uh, symbolic for soul, and Satan is symbolic for man's ego. God took some of the sand that made Adam and made Eve. It's just a metaphor about birth and creation. No wise man could ever accept the story of Adam and Eve is real. It's not rational. I don't know. What does that have to do with the comment section? Oh, man. The comment section makes me wish I could escape the planet of Earth and just go live somewhere else. Uh. Wow. I, I, I'm just sitting here looking at these. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Like some people, <laughs> someone else just in the comments. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, free will means God is hands off. 100% left to our own vices. If, he, if God was involved, babies would not be raped or murdered. I, I, again, when you read comments like this, you see where people are theologically, biblically. But what's frightening is the people here who even try to engage the text clearly demonstrate they've never even been taught basic reading comprehension skills. Like, I mean, these are like basic, like, okay, we're in, we're in Jeremiah chapter 12. What's going on? So first of all, what is the book of Jeremiah about? Oh, these are the words of Jeremiah the prophet, spoken primarily to Judah, warning them of the coming judgment from the ba Babylonians, right? I mean, like, it's basic, like, knowledge. So then when you get here to Jeremiah chapter 12, and we get, my pastors have destroyed my vineyard, we just got to figure out who the pastors are. We have a pretty good idea, it's referring to the Babylonians, but maybe... Maybe somehow it's referring to the false prophets, but that don't seem to necessarily fit. So why would Jeremiah be using terms like pastors or shepherds to describe the enemy? Because did he not do a, something similar to that in maybe chapter five and chapter six? You can go back and look. All right. Why did he use that? All right. It's very interesting language. Okay. The land is going to be made desolate. We know what happens when the Babylonians come and remove Ju uh, Judah and they're in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Okay, we got that. And then the only thing we have to figure out is because no man layeth it to heart. What does that mean? 
But none of the, most of the comments have nothing like trying to even take the verses apart. And some of these comments are made by people who are obviously professing to be Christians. And they, they don't even know how to read the text. I want, I, I, and, and I know this is to, I know this is a, I know I'm probably getting a little bit distracted here, but be, the, the comments here are just so crazy because there's a, over a thousand, you, you could just sit there and read them all day. And like, part of me wants to jump in and go, guys, 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 would some of you just stop and try to learn how to read basic, you know, Basic reading comprehension skills, but then that would come across as arrogant and condescending, but it's very frustrating to see people not even know how to engage the text. But here's what frightens me. In your church, my church, if people walked in on a Sunday, you said, set everything down, put your phones away, turn them off. No sermon today. Today, in front of you, is some paper, a notebook, and a pencil. I'm going to give you a passage of scripture. You're going to read it in a Bible with no notes. I've got Bible sitting everywhere. No notes, just the text. I'm going to give you a scripture, and your job is then to read that scripture and write out the basic understanding of the passage, the basic interpretation of the passage using no outside resources. What do you think would happen? What do you think would happen? One, I guarantee you there'll be almost literally no agreement on anything. Two, if you allow the people to start trying to hash it out, it's probably just going to lead to arguing. Three, everyone will think they've got it figured out and everyone, because, because Christians tend to be very arrogant and thinking that they can interpret anything, even though they typically demonstrate it demonstrate that they can't. But I think what you would finally find out at the end is you would probably be frightened and shocked how Christians don't seem to know how to handle the text in any meaningful way. And why is that? Why 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 is Christians unable to just read the text and go, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, here's what we do know, here's what we don't know. Here's what we can say, here's what we can't say. Here's what is obvious, here's what is not obvious." But it, it, it's just nuts. So Jeremiah 12, 10 through 11 was in the news on Sunday. I have no idea why. I don't really even understand the purpose. The, the article just seems to say, hey, care about people. Don't be like Jeremiah 12, 11, where the people didn't lay it to heart because they didn't care. That was the problem. <laughs> Let's ignore Everything else in the book of Jeremiah, because we just want to find a verse. I, I don't even know what's going on there. But there's your assignment. Pastors, shepherds in Jeremiah 12, 10, who are they? And if it is the Babylonians, why are they being described as pastors, shepherds? And then verse 11, no man layeth it to heart. What does that mean? Read Jeremiah 12 twice. Work on those two questions. Kind of three questions there, but you get the basic idea. The shepherd pastor question and the no man layeth it to heart question. I, I, I'm just perplexed. And if you want to look it up, uh, the article, you probably should do a Google search. Um, just type in Alabama pastor says caring about the world, caring about the world means letting God use us as we march forward. 
right? Just Google that. Okay, hang on. I wanted to start playing the interview. Alabama, Alabama pastor says caring about the world means letting God use us as we march forward. If you can't find the article, I'm gonna, uh, I've got it saved. Oh, I'll make sure I got it saved. Let me save it in my notes really quick. Just email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I'll send you the link. I would, I mean, you can read the article again because if I misread anything, and then you can just scroll right down to the bottom where there's currently 1,038 comments. 43 people are currently viewing the article. And wait, wait, I'm sorry. They've just added 21 new comments. Just while we've been talking, 21 new comments have been added just since I have been talking about the comments. 21. That is crazy. Like, Everyone's commenting under it, and it's just like, I don't think anyone's actually either read the article <laughs> or the passage of Scripture. Um, wow. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, more, more comments are being added. It's just, it keeps refreshing uh, by the second. So, yeah, you may want to look at that just for, you know, just to become really depressed and, and decide to give up and go, what's the point? Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, we we got we got to teach people how to read. I I I I think I almost believe that the first step in in Christian discipleship. I know this is going to sound condescending, is that when a first person first becomes a Christian, you say, "Hey, tonight we're having discipleship class," and you come. Well, what do I need? Just bring a pencil and a notebook. Do I need my Bible? No, we're not even going to touch the Bible for like six months. Why? Because we're going to learn. How, we're going to do basic reading comprehension skills. We're going to teach the basic elements of reading, understanding, uh, you know, things in a written form. We're going to talk about, we're just going to do all the basic things you learned in school about reading that obviously everyone seems to forget when they open their Bible, right? How to read, how to comprehend, how to understand, how to understand different, you know, literary uh, styles, lit- literary genres. We're, we're just going to do, I, I think you almost like need to go do six months of reading comprehension, basic reading before a person touches the Bible. I think I think it should be like you get ready to buy a Bible. I'm sorry, this textbook requires uh, the following courses to have been taken. Right? You have these other uh, prerequisites. You have to have taken. We need to see that you've passed the class on basic reading comprehension. Is that is that mean? Is that I'm just saying it would actually probably do better for everyone because it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. But I really do believe sometimes it's fascinating to me. How you can take a passage of scripture, and because because and I see this because of the way I teach, and then you just kind of throw it out there to the congregation and go, okay, tell me what you think, and you'll be getting like, wait, what? Like, and you're like, okay, we've got we've got four very distinct ideas of what's going on in this passage, and sometimes you have to ask yourself, how do we end up with four distinct interpretations of one verse? You're like, okay, well, we can't move on because now we got to go through all these four possible interpretations. And it'll be amazing. Like you'll have someone who has a com- like a complete opposite understanding of the, like one, one sees it this way and the other one sees it in a completely opposite way. Therefore, both can't be right. And, and I don't know what causes that. Now I know sometimes what causes it is 
how, you know, read Jeremiah. You're trying to feel like sometimes it makes sense. I Sometimes you're like, okay, I know everyone's going to be in disagreement here. But then there's other times you're like, we honestly can't agree on this verse. Like sometimes I'm like literally like, what, what is the problem? What is the problem? Now, I, I personally think I cannot prove this. But I think the more people read, like people who read all kinds of things, they read novels, they read, you know, fiction, nonfiction, those who read all the time, I think tend to do better than those who don't read all the time. That's my own personal, I can't prove that. I don't have any like studies to back that up. But I think you take people who read all the time, they constantly are reading and you place the Bible in front of them, I think they do a far better job than those who don't read all the time. And then you take the very mystical way people handle the scriptures, like they handle them in just some like weird, like, because like anyone reading any normal book would just not jump into the middle of a chapter. They would go, I got to read the beginning of the chat. Wait, I got to, what? Wait, you want me to start reading chapter 12 of this novel? I need to know what's going on in chapters 1 through 11. What do you want? Why would, why would I do that? But with the Bible, we're just like, hey, Jeremiah 12, 10 through 11. Notice at the end of verse 11, because no man layeth it to heart. Let's do a news article about no one caring about people. What? How, how about we figure out what's going on in chapter 12? What's going on in chapter 11? Chapter 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Maybe? I don't know. All right. Love to get your thoughts. A little extra Jeremiah, right? A little extra assignment for everyone. Now, I've interrupted this program to figure that out. I don't know if we found a good answer, but now we can return to our regularly scheduled programming. Thank you for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.